Welcome to Not Meddling, Just Mothering. We're so glad you joined us again today. We are in Proverbs 25 through 27 this week. We hope you enjoy and subscribe. Take a listen. Well, hello, Missy. Hey, Asha. How are you doing? I am doing okay. And we are having so many technical issues, but we're trying to get this um, show set and hopefully this time it'll work. Yeah. I noticed that you have your reading glasses on. I have mine. So we're the sisterhood of traveling reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's who we are. <laughs> so bring yours on the cruise next week and we'll have a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seeing really closely, we won't be able to see far away, but that's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't walk from the kitchen to the table where I'm recording without uh, picking it off where I triple my feet. <laughs> yep. I'm the same way. It's just horrible. But, you know, then you can't read what's in front of you when you don't have them on. That's how I am anyway. This week, we are continuing with Proverbs and we're trying to get through them quickly. So we have put some together that have a lot of the same stuff that we've already gone over. So we're able to do three at a time this week and we'll be done in a couple of weeks So that yeah. with Proverbs. And then we can move on to some more adult parenting focused content. You know, not that this isn't good for parenting adult children, but so we'll see how it goes. Well, I liked how you put focused in the middle of those words because adult content might make our... Uh... Let's think we're going to go on a whole new level. <laughs> yeah. No, let's not go that way. <laughs> well, we'll be looking for a whole different audience if that was to happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so today we're going to be doing 25, 26, and 27. And we've just pulled out some of the stuff that just really kind of came to our attention more than other things or some things that we haven't really talked as much about or that we wanted to put more emphasis on. So um, how about we go ahead and we start with some wins? Do you have any wins this week, Missy? Oh, uh, yeah, I have a win that's going to, you would probably already know about it, but probably knock your socks off. <laughs> um, today I was, you called me, I was in a meeting with your youngest daughter and my mm. boss. And mm. the guy that is, I, I guess he's the office manager. I don't know. He, I guess that's probably his role. Um, and we were talking about her business that she has for marketing and graphic design. And um, they're talking about hiring her to utilize for some of our marketing pieces, like business cards and stuff. And it was funny because they had been like talking, like we need an intern, we need a graphic designer. And I just happened one day to just stop and think, I'm like, I know a graphic designer that not not necessarily an intern, but sometimes when people have to hire a whole marketing company, right? Yeah, you you have to pay big big bucks. I know that's not what they had in mind. They just have these little pieces that need to be established. And so I was like, I know somebody, and so I kept pursuing it and trying to put her name in front of them. And I think they're really impressed, you know, what they did so far. To, over the weekend, I paid her a little bit of money to at least get started because I didn't want her to work for free. I hope my oh. boss reimburses me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, so that's your win. Yeah. yeah. My win is 
My ER win is my kid. Well, that's funny because that's the same win that I have. <laughs> that my daughter has, you know, she sent me some different graphic designs over the weekend. Um, not, not to me, actually. She sent them to my husband, which is like, okay. Then he showed them to me. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so good. I'm so glad. But I know that she had told me that she had um, started talking with your company or somebody in your company about doing some stuff. And um, I was just so glad that she's stepping out in her gifts and doing even more than people that she knows around town and things like that. I mean, this is across the country. So she's getting, yeah. <laughs> you know, she's getting business from across the country. So I'm just really proud. And that's a big win, I think, in my mind for my daughter. So I'm just glad for that. Yeah. I was proud of her today because it was a Zoom call and they're like, so what's your price? And she didn't even play. She's like, $50 an hour. I'm like, go girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, you know, and she does sometimes have a problem with saying lower amounts that and I'm like, gosh, you take so much time to do that. Why do you quote? And I think that's mostly when she quotes a whole thing at a time, you know, like a whole project. Sometimes she devalues her time and I don't think that's good. So we've tried to, to help her to understand, you know, you're putting a lot of work into that. You need to make sure you're getting what, what it's worth, you know? So yeah, I'm glad she's, she did that. That's even another one for me right there that she said that. <laughs> and I've been trying to guide them like, Okay, well, you put my name on there, but I'm just a lower agent. So maybe next time you find out who the biggest boss is in the room, right. you put their name because they like to see their name in lights. And then I noticed one of our designs looks similar to another real estate company. So I quickly told her that so that mm -hmm. she could, you know, X those out before they pick those. Right. So just I'm trying to guide her not bossing her around, just trying to guide her. Yeah, that's good that she has an in there, you know, somebody to look out for those kind of things. Because, you know, typically people go into that kind of job blind, so they don't know what they've seen or, and especially since she's across the country, she doesn't know what kind of business cards other companies may have that are similar to to what it looks like. But it's interesting that, that she had done one that's similar because um, then she's kind of doing something that's probably right in what people are looking for in that industry. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, that was impressive that she had kind of thought, to, I'm like, oh, maybe that's a trend, a trending thing, but right. the two names have a similar, like first letter in that or mm -hmm. and it. And it's just the way that they look. We absolutely don't want to, you know, get that confused exactly i get it so that's good that's awesome so such a great win yeah. so um let's take a couple of minutes now and take a break and let our listeners read 25 26 and 27 and we'll come back with what we have standout verses for us oh that's gonna be a really long break i'm gonna go make a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> okay see you in a minute Well, welcome back. We are glad you are here. And we are going to just jump right into chapter 25 right now. And the first standout verse that I have is verse two. Let's go ahead and read that. It is the glory of God to conceal things, 
but the glory of kings is to search it out. So this reminded me of that verse in Revelation that talks about us being kings and priests unto God. So with that in mind, I thought, okay, so it's, it's God has concealed things and it is to our honor to figure them out. And there's other places in society and life that this also can be relevant, such as government or business or really anywhere there's leadership. So when we're leading our lives, for us personally, I think that this means to be able to dig into his word and to get out that gold and the the nuggets that he's buried deep in there and be able to use them in practical ways in our own life. Now, there's another example that I have is like in the medical profession, there's so many different plants and different things, chemicals that are in on the earth and that God has provided for us. And, and people have, scientists have dug them out and been able to put things together to, to alleviate pain or help with diseases and things like that. So that was just something that stood out to me for this verse. Yeah, I, I can see, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a confusing verse that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But I think, I think it's, awe-inspiring maybe like it is so phenomenal like we look at a black hole or we look at the universe or we look at if you've ever watched a bumblebee go into a flower and then wipe his little antennas clean and then go into the next flower and dig around and then wipe his antenna he's putting it somewhere I think they say it's on their leg so they can take it home to the hive and it's like if we knew everything that we wouldn't need an almighty God, because we would be just like him. Right. But it, it's amazing that he puts it into place. And then we're able to see the amazingness of it and then, you know, worship him for it. Right. And when we discover, it's not like he hid it from us so that we couldn't find it. He wanted us to see his glory. Yeah, that's so good. I really like that verse. It's just like, okay, so there's something we can do to, to, I mean, we're never going to be at that level to know everything that God knows, but he says that it is to our glory to be able to uh, understand and to discover the the things that he's hidden. So that's a good thing. It gives me a little hope, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So then um, I also got verse four, four. Oh, yeah. Take away the dross from the silver and the smith has material for a vessel. So that to me just spoke of the purification process of fine uh, metals and gold and silver. And, you know, it's a lot of heat. And when it's heated to a certain point that the dross comes off, comes up to the top and it can it can be removed. And for us, as this relates to us, it's kind of like when we go through trials or struggles, it's kind of like we're in the heat, right? And it's like just a boiling point to a, to a place where what'll come up in us is the bad stuff, you know, really. Yeah. And, and to a point where it can be removed and we can recognize this and, and take it away. And then eventually there'll be just that pureness of spirit and that understanding that wait a minute, everything's going to be all right. We've been through this before and everything worked out. So God is taking care of everything. So just to be able to 
have that purification process to be able to understand that we are going to be at a place where God will take care of us. And it just takes away all the yuckiness of not trusting and not understanding at the same time. Yeah. And, and it's to our benefit when God scrapes that off of us because then we shine his glory. Yes. What other people see. That's really good. That's I know really our good. Our pastor's like, please, please, if you're going to drive like that or say those things, please don't put the church sticker on your car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That is really good. You know, so the, yeah. So the next verse is, is something that you have highlighted and it looks like it's verse seven through 10. Yeah. It's actually six to 10. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king. And do not stand in the place of the great, for it is better that he say to you, come up here, than you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. Do not go hastily to court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor has put you to shame? Debate your case with your neighbor and do not disclose a secret to another, lest he who hears it exposes your shame and your reputation is ruined. And I, I think this just talks about humbling ourselves and it just I'm gonna call one of my kids today and find out but I feel like this is something that I've said to them before and they said you know go don't go sit in the front row don't go grab the head of the table don't mm -hmm. go blabbing what's going on at work to everybody you know right. put your case out to the people's court you know or judge Judy get in the back room Say you're sorry, figure it out, and then come up with solutions or go sit somewhere humble or go work. And then they say, no, 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 you know, go, go unfold the chairs or whatever. And then they say, no, no, we want you to sit up here. This is a meeting for you or serve coffee. If we could learn that and if our kids could learn that, then nobody would put us down. We would put ourselves in humbleness and then they would lift us up versus somebody going, I'm sorry, this this is a special seat for somebody else, not you. Go over there. <laughs> and, you know, that that doesn't feel good. Doesn't right. Doesn't feel good at all. But God is warning us to just um, find our place and let others let others exalt us versus ourselves. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I like that a lot too. Um, the next verse that I have is, with patience, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue will break a bone. So it's interesting that this verse is now because I was talking to my son and he had a presentation today, this morning, actually, he was telling me about last week and he asked me, have you ever seen the movie Pig? Have you ever seen the movie Pig? It's with Nicolas Cage. Well, anyway, it's a movie about a, a chef who loses his wife. And this is all before the movie starts. He's now like a hermit up in the mountains and he has a little pig. It's a truffle pig that goes and looks for, for truffles. And so he digs out truffles and that's how he, he survives. He digs up truffles and he sells them to this guy and the guy sells them to, you know, fancy restaurants so they can use. And um, so what happens is that the guy, the chef, um, has is somebody comes in and steals his truffle pig because, you know, truffles are, I guess, expensive and really hard mm -hmm. to find. And so they steal his truffle pig and he 
goes into town with his middleman that goes and sells the truffles, who's a young kid, like uh, maybe in his early 20s. And he's just trying to up and start in the restaurant business to be able to do this kind of high end um, supplier to the the restaurants. And so he's just this little arrogant guy and, <laughs> you know, kind of like snotty. And he's like, this guy's just a an old stinky guy that um that I'm just getting to get money from or whatever but mm -hmm. so he steals this pig and he tells him you know like well just get another pig you know and he goes you know I I don't want another pig I can't teach him the things he's he knows or whatever so anyway he takes him into town and it turns out that this kid's father is the one that stole the pig so mm -hmm. I'm telling the whole story so th this is kind of almost not all of it but anyway so <laughs> um so he finds out that the dad has stolen the pig. So he goes to confront the father and the father just tells him to leave or whatever. He doesn't belong here anymore and blah, 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 this. And it turns out that years ago, the, the kid's mom and dad had gone to eat at that guy's restaurant. And, he's, and the kid tells him, you know, every time they went out, which was rarely on dates, they'd come home fighting and arguing. But that one night, they came home and they just came home laughing and happy. And they talked about the meal and they talked about that meal for years, he said. And it mm. was the best meal they'd ever had or whatever. So the guy kicks the chef out of the house. And then the son, he gives the son a list. The chef gives the son a list and he tells him, go get all this stuff and meet me back here and we'll come here. So he comes back and he makes this meal. He prepares this meal. It turns out he can remember every meal he's ever made and every person he's ever served. And so he puts it before the guy and the guy's just mad. And he's like, what are you doing here? He says, well, we made a meal for you. We made a meal for you. The son tells him. So he comes out and he eats and he starts eating and he starts drinking the wine because it's a, a special wine that he had saved anyway. Um, he drinks the wine and he eats the food and He's just chewing and chewing and all of a sudden he breaks and he just starts crying and crying and he goes to his room. And so this verse just reminds me of that. I don't want to be a spoiler. So you guys are going to have to watch it if you haven't seen it yet <laughs> so, and tell you what happens next. But this verse is what my son was like. He brought this verse up to me last week and he says, uh, the class he's doing it for is something called a uh, beautiful class or beauty is talking about beauty. And um, he said, this is my favorite scene, my favorite movie. And, and this is so beautiful, not because of, you know, anything, because the guy's all beat up and bloodied and everything, you know. And he says, it's just because of the way they present it with the music, the silence, the quietness, and the patience of this guy to deal with the guy that stole his property and not just his property, but a pet and something that he loved dearly. And he said, it's just such a beautiful thing. But he says, this is what it reminds me of this first, because he was patient to wait, you know, and then not only that, but the soft answer broke him, you know, yeah, because the guy asked him, the chef, why are you doing this? And so the chef responded, and like I said, I'm not going to spoil it. So you just have to to watch it but <laughs> but it's just so amazing how that that just fit that that scene right there how he was just broken you know not literally his bone but 
he was broken, you know? And so I just, I just thought of that when I was reading that verse because my son brought it up last week. So I wanted to share it. So now I want to see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Is it an I, old movie or a new movie? It's a newer movie. I think it was just either just late last year. It's on, I think it's on Hulu. So you can oh, watch yeah. it there. So anyway, um, we can move forward now with verse 17. And that's yours. Yeah. So seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. Mm. So yeah, that works for your neighbors or for your girlfriend or your boyfriend's house. But it can also, we can overstay our welcome with uh, parents and adult children. Right. And every time adult children can overstay their welcome. Their parents have a certain lifestyle that they've gotten accustomed to. They watch their shows. They right. eat dinner at their time. And all of a sudden, this adult child, adult uh, adult person who is your child, they're not a child, um, they come in and they're like, oh, I just need to stay between semesters or I just want to stay here for the summer while I get an internship or you know, different different reasons that they may come back to that. Oh, I've lost my job. I'm getting a divorce. All, mm-hmm. all the reasons that people might be without a, a steady home. And then the parents really need to have that discussion. Like, this is what we do here. This, mm-hmm. we don't care what job you get, but we expect you to pay this amount of rent. Um, you could have a TV in your room, but it, you're not going to disturb. You know, when we have quiet time, that's our time. You know, and and these are the chores you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to remind you to throw the trash right. or to make dinner twice a week or whatever. I don't, I'm not going to nag you. I don't have the energy to parent you again. You know, <laughs> so I just, I just think that there's something to that, you know, that as an adult, as a parent, that when our adult children need to boomerang back into our lives and, um, it wasn't too long ago, like 2009, 2010, when they did statistics, and I wish I had looked this up because it just came to my mind, that more college graduates were actually moving back in with their parents that year than mm-hmm. were going out into the world to work. I mean, they might get, be getting a job, they might not be getting a job, or a decent job, or a low, a lower level job than they had gotten a degree for but they were having to live with their parents due to finances. And I think, you know, if you as a, as a couple, or if you're a single parent, haven't had that thought and kind of set a plan, then when your kid comes back to your life, you may not be prepared for them. Right. Yeah. That's a very good point. And um, that's not to say that if there are extenuating circumstances, I, I think you'd agree with me, Missy, that, like if there's an accident or, or something that happens to our adult children that we aren't able to help them or take them back in for a little while while they recuperate, like, you know, I, I'm just thinking of something that's like, like rare and, and wouldn't um, be a common thing. Like if they, they can't take care of themselves or exactly something like that. So we, I mean, there are circumstances where we are able to take care of our kids, but for the most part, in teaching them how to be adults and how to um, be responsible, if they do boomerang into our house, we shouldn't be uh, codependent and allow them to take advantage of our yeah, kindness. Don't do their laundry, mom. <laughs> right, right. You know, 
And maybe, maybe somebody's like, well, it just was efficient. You know, I only had a few towels that I put in their towel. I get that, but don't, don't baby them and make it to a place that they, you know, that they're not functioning. And right. it's funny because um, a couple of weeks ago, as you know, I was visiting, I have two adult children who are married and living in the same city right now. Both of them are moving out. And I uh, once was having a baby, that baby's like two weeks old now, and one, and they're both moving and selling their house. And so one afternoon, because I, I had brought some artwork with me, I realized these ones are busy. These ones are tired and want to take a nap. And so I just gathered up my stuff and I went to a park and I was just working on my artwork in my, with my car. And I was like, I'm giving them a break because they have been hosting me as mom. And so when mom's in town, like they try to get their kids to be obedient. <laughs> they don't, you know, they're not going to fight with each other. Who knows? They probably don't watch a show that, that they might think is fine. And they're like, well, would my mom want to see that? I mean, I think that my mom doesn't like to see crime shows. <laughs> so we don't watch them so much when she's here. So it's on the flip side, if you are um, a parent of adult children and you have to be in their home, give them a little bit of a break. Go take a walk. If you don't have a car, go take a walk to Circle K and, you know, grab a grab an ice cream bar, or if you do have a car, go to the mall, go read, give them a minute too, because everyone, even though family loves family, when you're a guest in each other's house, people just need a break. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So the next verse we have is verse 21. Um, and that's still in 25. And I think this is the last one we have in 25 that we wrote down. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will be heaping coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. I've always told my kids, heaping coals, heaping coals, you know, whenever they'd be in a disagreement with someone mm -hmm. and things like that because of this verse. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't even know the origin of, of what this verse, the heaping coals came from. And so I, I did look that up and found out that it could come from an Egyptian ritual in which a guilty person, as a sign of repentance, would carry a basin of glowing coals on their head. Hmm. And so that's interesting. What it's saying is that when you're doing this, you're doing the heaping coals on their heads so much that they, they're like at a point where they're like, oh my gosh, these people have just been so good to me that I don't want to be their enemy anymore. And, <laughs> and I just want to be friends with them. And, and so it's kind of like that kill them with kindness, you know, yeah. it's not literally killing them, but it's like killing your enemy and making them into a friend. So I think that's a really good verse that I, that I used to always use with my kids, heaping colds, heaping colds, just be mm -hmm. kind, be loving and be caring, you know, treat them with kindness. If they have a need, meet that need if you're able to. So that's a really, really good verse. Oh, actually, I do see that you had verse 28 on there. Yeah, it's, it's a small verse. It says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And I thought we could add the word if they don't have a rule over their own spirit or their own mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that it could 
it could be like a city with no walls, like you have no boundaries. Right. Yeah. So that's a that's a good one to to keep control of yourself because <laughs> otherwise it leads to just being open to attack right from the enemy. Okay, so chapter 26, we've got verse 11. And that one says, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So those two verses, well, verse 11 is when you continue in the pattern of foolishness, it's just a pattern, right? Of the same thing happening over and over. And it's really kind of turns into be disgusting and gross <laughs> from this, the, the imagining this verse in real life. I think I used to think that was so gross because I've had dogs that would do that. And I'd be like, no, 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 don't do that. That's disgusting, <laughs> you know? And it never yields a different outcome. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what are you trying to eat it again? And you think you're going to get something else out of that? No, it's the same thing. And it's now it's even grosser, you know, so don't do that. I know my daughter had said one time, she's used the verse on the, on the podcast I did with them. And she said, you know, that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get a different result and you never will. So that's, foolishness. <laughs> and then the second part of that verse, which is, well, it's actually the, the second verse is 12. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? And that would just was like, when we think more of ourselves than we ought to, and, and we think like, oh, we know this and we know that it just breeds a spirit of pride. And the word of God says that pride comes before a fall. So yeah. No, for sure. And, and it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, we can all have pride in our life where we're like, I already got this. I got it. I got it. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the next two verses are verses 13 or the next verses are verses 13 through 16. And I think those are the ones that you highlighted. Yeah. So the lazy man says there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. And these are all verses that my mother would quote to me when I was young. Like, she's like, why didn't you get that done? Because, because, because he didn't, he didn't dry the dishes. So I didn't put them away. <laughs> or that, you know, that, that kind of. Yeah, mindset was like, no, I don't want to work. And my mom would say, no, there's no lions in the street. Like, get up and go do what you need to do. And I think it really taught me a work ethic. But um, these these are just talking about those people that literally just don't do what's right. Don't mm -hmm. go the extra mile just to get it done correctly. And when we see that in ourselves or in our adult children, I think we have to call it out you know, call it out on yourself. You know, I've done that. I'm like, I'm rushing around and I just throw my shoes back into the closet. And then I'm like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go put it on the shelf. Like, why do you do that? And I, I can relate right now, but I can picture my closet and I've been doing it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's good. So the next verse we had highlighted is Verse 17, whoever meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. 
So this is a picture to me like, wow, if there's a dog passing by us and we just grab him by his ears, you know, like that, what is the dog going to do? He's going to probably bite, right? (laughs) Yeah. So this just tells me, mind your own dang business or else you're going to get bit, right? Yeah. (laughs) So that's just pretty simple information and common sense that's not so common these days is just let them discuss what they need to discuss. And you step back. You don't have to get in the middle of everybody else's business. Well, and I think, you know, as we have adult children, this is not middle school anymore where they were like, and she said to him, and then they were dating, but then she wrote him a note. And then that that was kind of acceptable in middle school and high school. But, um, you know, listen for your adult children when they talk to you about their job. If they're like, yeah, and then we we ganged up on the boss and told them that it wasn't fair. We all deserve raises. And <laughs> you're like, yeah. well, hold on. You know, like what that person is doing, let them do it watch the outcome and then work your way in. But, you know, don't, don't go there and get involved. You know, well, I, now I'm not going to listen to the boss because how they treated that person. Like, you don't know the whole story. So right. be very careful. And so, so that's the thing is, as our adult children transition from where they were adolescents, now they're adults, is they may not know how to navigate those politics in an office and it feels like oh yeah let's just do it the mean girls way but mean girls isn't applicable and not that some people aren't doing it but it's not always applicable in an office setting nor and shouldn't be (laughs) no yeah i understand and i agree with you totally so let's get this going for um chapter 27 let's do it um so i have verse one, the very first verse of chapter 27, and that says, do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring. So this just spoke to my heart. Like, okay, sometimes we say, oh yeah, in 20 years, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to work this kind of position and I'm going to do this much or whatever. We never know what might happen from one day to the next. So we shouldn't be counting our chickens before they hatch, right? Um, <laughs> that's you just, just love that because I've been helping with the chicken farm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You have been, but no, no, that's not why I said it, but, <laughs> but there is no certainty. Um, in tomorrow, except that God is in control. So that's just kind of a reminder to us that, okay, we shouldn't be uh, planning ahead for certain because we don't know what might happen from one day to the next. Well, and I, I think, you know, even like with our adult children is just reminding them, leave room for God. You know, like I told you my kids like to budget. Well, two of my three kids like to do a budget. I have one that is a super planner, my daughter. She she loves planning. Her kid takes a nap at one o'clock. <laughs> and if it's 1.30, it's a bad day because her kid takes a nap at one o'clock. And so, you know, that it's funny because we had the baby here this weekend and it, we were trying so hard. Like I'd send her pictures and video. I'm like, he's asleep and it's 1.15. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. there and it's this time. And, you know, we woke him up. So that he, you know, before three, so he could go to bed at seven. So we're trying to be so respectful of her planning. And you probably have some kids that are planning too, but it's like, 
leave room for God. Maybe, maybe not about your kids. Get that right. But, but leave room for God because we're like, I'm going to work here and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to live here. And then God goes, but guess what? I have ministry for you with think people or I have, I'm calling you to, to do this other thing for me. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, leave room for that. <laughs> that is so good. That is something that I discussed on the podcast with my girls as well, because my youngest daughter had planned in high school to graduate and go to college. And she wanted to uh, get a degree and become a gynecologist and then go on the mission field and, and do things to help women that aren't able to have that kind of health care, which, you know, looking at it and thinking about it, that seems like a really good plan that God would say, hey, yeah, I approve, right? But then all of a sudden COVID hit and things changed and she discovered other gifts and talents or not discovered, but maybe developed them even more and realized that she really enjoyed them and was able to, not able to, but just had to switch her whole plan. But it wasn't a disappointment. You know, it was something that she was like, hey, okay, there's another plan. And so I think that God allows us things to happen like that. So we can realize that maybe what we have set isn't what is the best for us. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a good thing. So the next verse that we have highlighted is verse two, which is let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. And this kind of reminded me of verse 12 from the previous chapter about the one we just talked about not thinking high, highly of yourself because it breeds pride. Yeah. And from 25, where it says, let others praise you. Let, let the king call you up to right. your state of honor. Yeah. Give it, give it some space there. Yeah, so there's a lot of of interweaving of these chapters, and they went together well. So um, there are times when we're like, oh, yeah, I did this, or I did that. And you see somebody that's doing that, and you're kind of like, okay, good for you. woohoo!" Yeah, but you know, when somebody else brings somebody to your attention and says, so and so, did you know that they do this, and they do that, and you had no clue that they were able to do any of this stuff, then you're kind of impressed, because they're not over there saying, I do this, and I do that. So that's something that I think just rubs people the wrong way when we um, just try to brag on ourselves all the time. Well, it's funny, because my middle child, uh, his name means son of my right hand, and he lives that. He He is the one that is so, so thoughtful of everybody and maybe because he's the middle child Hmm. but he attended a family wedding this weekend in Dallas nobody not my parents not I not my brother none of my other adult kids could make it and then uh, my aunt and uncle texted me and they said thank you so much for sending him because he helped us a lot with all the little details for the wedding and it was funny because I said I did. I didn't send him. <laughs> yeah. One, he has his own money. And he yeah, got his own airplane ticket. Uh, if you're listening to this one, I'm not going to say that you missed two flights to get there. But anyway, he got his own <laughs> ticket. Oh, you're not, huh? <laughs> oh, I said it. Oh, I, I was thinking out loud. But um, it, it's funny because he's like, I missed that first flight on Friday I'm like yeah I didn't want to say anything I didn't want to be negative and he's like negative you know this is a text going back I'm like yeah I didn't see how you could possibly drop off your dog and your brother's dog to doggy daycare 
and I know what time you get out of work. And so I didn't, I didn't know how you were going to pull that off, but I wasn't going to be the one to say it because that's not my job. <laughs> so, but it's, it just felt so good for them to say he was so helpful and he was so, so good with us here. And, and it, he was, he was the ambassador for our whole family. Yeah, that's good. Go. It's like, I don't, I don't have to go around saying this one is such a blessing to everybody he meets because he just is. And people tell me that he is, you know, I don't yeah. have to say that. That's good. That is really good. So the next verse we have highlighted is verse six, which is faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And go ahead and read your version. I like it better. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Right. So um, that's pretty straightforward. Sometimes the truth hurts when spoken to us by friends, by somebody that is close to us. And, and it says the wounds of a friend are faithful. So yeah. it's not that they're trying to hurt you, but they're, they're speaking truth into your life. And sometimes it hurts and it wounds you, but it's a faithful wound. It's something that might help you in the future. And then in, in contrast, the enemy, somebody that's trying to act like they're your friend and they're kissing up to you and saying all kinds of sweet nothings in your ear. And it turns out they have ulterior motives and they just want to get, get over on you or something. So um, yeah. just be careful and be aware that sometimes if you feel like a friend has offended you by telling you the truth, it may be something that is a faithful, faithful thing that they're trying to help you with. Well, I've got in mind. Verse five says, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. And then it goes into faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mm. If you had anything with your adult children where you had to tell them some hard truth? <sighs> yes, I have. And it doesn't go too well, I don't think. <laughs> Sometimes I think that, that our kids are able to take that kind of rebuke or those wounds from somebody else that is not as close as parents and and is able to listen and maybe take advice because <laughs> when sometimes when I've tried it in the past it just comes back at me like I'm I'm attacking you know what I mean sometimes well and would you say that some of your kids personalities can take it better than others because I noticed with some of mine it's their personality, it's their life timing, and it's also the situation. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's the same for me. I take criticism on some things and then other things I will. Right. But <laughs> we're saying yeah. that's not good at that. <laughs> yeah. And then also the way it's presented as well. You know, sometimes moms don't think I, I think I'm one of them. <laughs> and you just say, oh, well, da, 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 you know, like as a matter of fact. And you don't realize that you're belittling your child, you know, by doing that. You're like, well, you didn't know that? Oh my gosh. Well, da 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 da. You know, <laughs> and it's kind of like, like, yeah, you're just dumb. <laughs> you know, and well, that's not but good. But I will tell you that sometimes I, if I say it a certain way, like I said, some of my kids' personalities will be offended, but sometimes. I just blurted it out and they're like, thank you for saying that. <laughs> like one time I said to one of them, I'm like, wow, because they're in college. They had all these like group of um, projects. 
And they kept grabbing all the work instead of delegating and doing it themselves. And I said, you suck at delegation. Your degree is business management. You're not learning how to manage anybody. You're doing all the work yourself. This is going to hurt you in the future. And they were kind of taken aback, but they have not forgotten that I said that. Yeah. <laughs> and now when they're on a team, I'm like, whoa, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't go back to that problem you had in college. Right. Give it away. Give the work away. Share the win. Share the loss. You know. So. Yeah. And <laughs> and to answer the question, yes, it is. It does depend on the personality and just all these factors. How they receive the truth sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> the harsh truth, <laughs> and even sometimes the the great truth. You know, sometimes I have some kids that are like, they don't believe when. I compliment them or I I try to tell them they're doing something well. They're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're just my mom. Moms are supposed to say that. You know what I mean? So my husband says that to me when I tell him he's handsome. He's like, "Uh, your opinion doesn't count because you always think I'm handsome. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that crazy? So, yeah, so it doesn't matter what we say, whether it's harsh or kind. Sometimes it's not believed. So the next verse I have highlighted, or let's see, that's listed on here is verse nine. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. So this kind of even goes with all of this. Um, I sincerely, I get this. I sincerely loathe when I come into a house and it smells either musty or stinky or whatever the smell is that is not a pleasant smell. Oh, it just, it just gives me stress. So (laughs) I always will come in and I'll just immediately light up a candle and, or plug in my plugins or whatever it is. And, and then it just gives me the sense of calm and peace and mm, it's nice here. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of like a picture of what true friends that counsel you from the heart is. And even if it's those ones that are wounding, those counsel or advice that is, seems wounding to you, as long as it is faithful, it is so sweet because it is done from a heart of of caring and not just a heart of trying to manipulate the situation. Yeah. That's one thing I wish our kids sometimes would understand is that our advice is not always to get our own way. Although sometimes it is because I always tell my kids, hurry up and get married and have babies. But (laughs) (laughs) But there's, there's times where you see things and you're like, wait a minute, that's not good. And you'll say something and whether, whatever the situation, whether it's personality or whether it's the circumstances or how it was said will be received the wrong way. And I sometimes struggle with, okay, well then what do I do? But, you know, you, you got to remember that it's always that, that faithfulness and love and care for them that I wish they would understand and know that we're not trying to control their lives. <laughs> yeah. And and I think too, ugh, I I actually, I don't know that I've shared this with you, but I'm working on a, a prayer journal right now, um, of just about my words. And I think sometimes it's the way we say it. You know, it's like, yeah, think, think for a second, like, where's the hot button here? And then 
And it, it may be that there is no hot button and you're like, you know what? Everybody's joking around and I'm just going to come out and say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when are you getting married? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. You know what? There you've got her. Marry her. <laughs> but I don't know. My dad used to say, I'm going to ask that boy, what are his intentions? <laughs> like, yeah. Please, please don't ask that boy, what are his <laughs> intentions? Dad? So embarrassing. But, but, but then sometimes we need to go soft footed and just sit and hug. And when they say, well, what do you think I should do? Yeah. <laughs> Be ready with the word of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's very rare. <laughs> yeah. The, the times are few and far between. That's for sure. You <laughs> got to be ready in season. Out of season. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have this in your phone. You're like, on this topic here, on that topic here. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Well, moving on to the next verse it's the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple goes on and suffer from it. Have you seen that Geico commercial? I think it's Geico. It's like a horror movie. And it's kind of like these kids are like having choices of what they're going to do. There's a running car out the outside. Oh, yeah. And then there's a garage full of like all kinds of knives and <laughs> kind of stuff that you can slice things up with. And, and the, the one girl goes, um, let's get into the running car. And the other guy goes, no, let's go into the garage where all the, whatever those things are hanging is. And, and then you've got the guy with the, the killer standing there with a chainsaw and his mask over his head. And he's like rolling his eyes like, oh my gosh, these people are so dumb. <laughs> They're coming for danger, you know? So that's what this, this, <laughs> this verse reminded me. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on to suffer from it. So don't be simple. Don't be like a, a horror movie and go run into the danger and try to get yourself killed or anything. Be yeah. prudent, be wise and look at the, every side of the situation and and try to pick the wisest thing to do. Get in the stinking running car. Don't go into the garage with a chainsaw. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, if we could just tell our kids that. Yeah, their dating choices were like, ah, run. <laughs> oh, poor babies. Anyway. So the next one, verse 17 is iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And I know you and I both had a, uh, before a picture of this is a good thing. And, and it is, you know, this is something good that people are there. Christians are there to um, encourage each other and motivate each other onto good works and things like that. But if you read the verse iron sharpening iron, I've actually sharpened knives before with my little knife sharpener thing. And it's just like this rod and you just whack it against the knife back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and there's friction or they have the stones that you can sharpen knives onto and they're just like turning and turning and turning and you put the knife in and it just like there's just friction caused and so it kind of just sharpens the edge and it takes off all the other metal and so yeah. so when I was talking about this I was thinking this is not always an easy thing and, and friendships that aren't easy. And this is, just goes along with everything else we've been talking about. It's like, sometimes there's going to be friction. Sometimes there's going to be truth that hurts when you're with your friend and they're trying to advise you in certain circumstances and situations, but that's not something to, to like shy away from or to shrink back on. It's kind of like, no, just <laughs> meet it head on. And cause 
the more you sharpen them is the more they sharpen you. And then of course it just breeds a familiar familiarity that you are so close then that you can just share each other's like you and I, I feel like you and I are this kind of friendship. Like you tell me truth sometimes and you know, whenever I'm being dumb or <laughs> having, <laughs> having, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, whenever I'm making choices or have choices before me that, that um, are obvious when you're not in the middle of it, the emotion of it, you, you will share with me like wisdom. And I, and I think I've done the same for you. And I think yeah. it's a, it's a good thing because it just brings us closer together. Cause I think I would say you are my closest friend that I have had for all the years that we've been friends, you know, 31 years. <laughs> you did not have to say it, but yeah, that long. So but you know what? It's the same with our kids. So I'm going to, I'm going to probably talk slow because I'm going to be very careful not to tell this person's life story. But one of my adult children that is married was feeling overwhelmed with a lot going on in their lives and they were like can we just come stay with you you know not not like separation or anything like that can we just come for the weekend and just get away and I said well stop take care of what's going on at home be there be present and it's going to turn out better for you but how can I help you and so I know that I'm being kind of cryptic about it, but it's only out of respect for my adult child. And um, that's good. <laughs> thank you. Um, so so the situation, I just think, you know, later they texted my husband and I, and they're like, thank you for encouraging me to put this person in this situation first in my life because I, I was just so overwhelmed with what was all the other things that were going on. And so I think, you know, that is sharpening our kids to say, not a lecture, not an attack, not a, not a correction even, you know, it's not a verbal spanking. It's just like, hold on, hold on. You, you see the micro problem and I see the macro long version of what that could bring to your life later, you know, might look like things aren't going the direction that you want them to. And so so that's the thing is when it comes to our kids, we can sharpen them, but at the same time, find the very best way to say it. And actually, I said it verbally, and then my husband's like, well, I think this, this, and this. And I said, then text them and say that to them. And he's like, no, nah, they don't want to hear from me. I'm like, no, they do need to hear from you. Because okay. if it always comes from mom, it's just like, you know, and like, I'm small, you're small. We probably seem like little chihuahuas to our kids sometimes. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I oh, yeah. Thinking about this. But when daddy says that, it's a, just a different strength behind those words. That is so true. And so he texted them and they were like, okay, I'm going to do what you guys have suggested and I'm going to go with that. It, and then like a few days later, four or five days later, they're like, thank you. I just... I needed to come up for air and I, I was looking for solutions and I couldn't think of the one that you gave me. So thank you. That's good. Yeah, that is really good. And, and like I said, it's it wasn't an easy thing. It wasn't like 
a smooth thing that you guys were able to suggest to them, even the fact that your husband took some time and thought, well, they don't want to hear what from me. It was kind of like that clashing of metal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to sharpen their knife right now because it just hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's really good. Moving forward. Let's see. Verse 23. It says, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds for riches do not last forever. And does a crown endure for all generations? So this to me kind of just spoke about relationships and how we need to keep them cultivated and they are more important than riches or position because, um, you know, position and And riches are not going to last forever, but relationships that we make can last for lifetimes, you know, if we cultivate them well and care for them. So that was uh, a standout verse to me. Well, in 23 through 27, I, I saw some financials there just because I have a lot of people talking around me about finances and about, you know, the health of their budget and the cost of raising children and things like that. And, you know, it says in 27, you'll, you shall have enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household and the nourishment of your maidservants. And I think, you know, when we are all about our relationships, understanding what God has provided for us, then we have enough for ourselves and enough to be generous with. Okay. And I'm remembering a story there was a man that was a wealthy man and he would go take care of the little people while he had the wealth to do it. Like he would take care of those around him. And then suddenly whoever was his boss above him, just he lost his job or whatever. And then when he was penniless, those people that he helped, those smaller people came and they gave to him and were able to support him in that his time of need. Hmm. So that's kind of like the wisdom I think that that I see in this verse. Like, you know, just take care of, mind your flocks, mind the small things in your life, mind the things that are um, insignificant in the eyes of other, uh, the grand picture, but they're significant in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I saw about that one. Well, it looks like we've come to the end of all the three chapters, which we're going through the three, like we said earlier, to get through them so that we can move forward and and explore new content on parenting adult children. (laughs) Adult content. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we will um, come up with some ideas and let you know within the next two podcasts of what we're thinking about doing next. So, but for right now, how about Missy? Do you want to close this in prayer? Sure. Father God, give us the right words to use, not just with our spouses and our, our adult friends, but also with our adult children. Help us to not trample on people's feelings, but still be willing to speak the truth that you give. And show us a way to serve you better while we serve others. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, we've unpacked a lot of different subjects today, as we always do. We hope you've enjoyed listening to how we communicate with our adult children and that it encourages you in your relationship with your adult children. You've got this, Mama.
perfect. Great.